We have reached the final y'all show for 2019. Happy New Year. And for some of you still, Merry Christmas. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and this is the finale of what we've been doing all year long, cranking out two-hour shows all about the Southeast. And here today is our final Y'all show. If you're lucky to tune in on Friday, we'll have the Y'all kickoff show as we walk through all of the bowl games, 40 bowl games this year, which includes the national championship game on January 13th. And we'll walk through all of the different bowl games on Friday's show. But speaking of bowl games and speaking of college football, here today, before we get to Friday, you still have plenty of good football talk coming here on today's Y'all Show. In hour number two, we're going to go back to Bristol, Connecticut, and from ESPN, we'll be joined by college football insider and analyst for ESPN's college football coverage, Brad Edwards is checking back in with us, and we'll get his take on some of the goings-on of the Southeastern Conference here with some coaching hires and such, and then we'll get Brad to weigh in on what we call the 10 Bodacious Bowls. We've already walked through this week the Bottom Feeder Bowls. We did that on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we did the Bland Bowls. Got 15 Bland Bowls in this year's bowl lineup. Well, we've got 10 really good bowls, the Bodacious Bowls, and Brad Edwards of ESPN will be on to walk us through that lineup, and he is fantastic to hear. You'll see him sometimes on ESPN, sometimes he's been on the SEC Network, a lot of times he's on ESPN Radio, and today... He's on the Y'all Show. Back on with us. He was here a couple of months ago. Now we've got him one more time before we wind down our Y'all Show for the 2019 coverage that we've been doing. That's all in hour two. Coming up here in hour one, though, we've got headlines from across the southeast. Sadly, another law enforcement officer has been killed in the line of duty. We'll tell you about that tragedy in the Houston, Texas area on Wednesday. That's coming up. Plus, we have some Christmas gift ideas courtesy of y'all.com. We have a lot of really interesting stuff out there for you to consider. And Clark Shelton and everybody at y'all.com, our partners here at the Y'all Show, have some great things, and we'll share that with you. Plus, before we get out of here on today's Y'all Show first hour, we're going to have our first report from the iRev. Arthur Sharp, Cousin Arthur, is going to be coming on and telling us two different things of very important what he's got to say. Okay? First things first, he's going to tell us the reason for the season. He's going to give us a little information about Christmas and why we celebrate it because he's a preacher. He's a preacher man, and we need to get preacher man on our show. In fact, sometimes if you get a chance, catch Arthur when he's doing his thing on Sunday mornings. He televises it on Facebook Live and such. Great, great, great man of the uh, of the Lord. Great witness to the Lord there, Arthur. All right, but Arthur also, we got him doing double duty. So in addition to talking about Christmas, Arthur is going to come on and serve as our IREV. And that means he is a guy who knows all kinds of stuff about electronics and computers and video games and more and if you're still looking for something for that special person it might even be yourself irev is going to file his first report of what we hope may be a lot 
and and we're going to get him on in 2020 to talk about the new iphones coming out and such but here in 2019 we've got to get him to talk about christmas since we're just hours away in some cases from christmas and irev's going to give us some great ideas and pointers and tell us what's hot this year so stand by for arthur sharp irev coming up later this hour use your iphone or use your landline it doesn't matter call us anytime 24 7 if you got a question for irev or anything on our show today including brad edwards of espn hit us up 803-816-1170 that's a number you can call anytime you want 24 7 you can call or text 803-816-1170 we would love to hear from you in fact if you're hearing us right now and you want to make me a little happy today as we get ready for Christmas. Hey, hit us up at 803-816-1170 and tell me who you are, what you're doing for Christmas. And hey, if you have it in your heart to tell me this, uh, you can even wish me a Merry Christmas. I would, I would actually love that very much. But uh, yes, just a simple text at your leisure whenever you want to 803-816-1170 would love to hear from you and know where you all are out there listening to the y'all show our streaming apps that you can hear us are iHeartRadio, TuneIn radio and apple podcast and of course we're at y'all.com and you also can find us on the facebook page y'all.com there where we link the y'all show each and every day well, unfortunately, we've had a rough couple of days for law enforcement across the southeast, and unfortunately, we've had another death. As early Wednesday, a Houston area police sergeant was killed when a man wanted on a domestic violence warrant broke free from police while being handcuffed, and he fled from a traffic stop, and he ended up striking this police officer with his vehicle and killing her. And in Nassau Bay, Texas, police sergeant Kayla Sullivan, who was assisting in this traffic stop at this apartment complex, was killed in the line of duty late Tuesday into Wednesday morning. Police were in the process of handcuffing and arresting a man when he escaped the officers and then got into his vehicle, then struck this this police officer there in the Houston area. And his name, by the way, Tavoris Henderson, and he's wanted in the death of Nassau Bay, Texas Sergeant Kayla Sullivan. And we've had a very deadly last couple of days for law enforcement across the southeast from Huntsville, Alabama, to also a person in Houston, Texas, a police officer there recently gunned down in the line of duty. Just a sad couple of days here on the eve of Christmas. And let's keep this officer, Officer Sullivan, in our thoughts and prayers as it's just another another example of the incredible work law enforcement does and our military Whenever they put that uniform on and they go to work, they know that each day could be their last. And we know that as citizens, but you definitely know it if you're part of law enforcement and you have to do that or you're a family member of someone in law enforcement. It's it's a tough gig, but a very, very important gig. Well, law enforcement in North Carolina had quite a discovery this week as they found $3 million cold hard cash but what's crazy is where they found it there in north carolina is a canine thank goodness for our canines out there it alerted deputies deputies to a trailer and they're in cleveland county north carolina which is shelby county just to the west of charlotte three million dollars in cold hard cash was wrapped in plastic but it was displayed near barrels of raw pork shoulder (laughs) and it was headed toward mexico and authorities suspect the money was obtained from drug sales in the region and headed south. But yes, sure enough, this canine able to detect this money inside these plastic barrels, again, with some pork right there. Of course, you're going to have pork in North Carolina. 
I didn't know the folks in Mexico wanted our pork sent south of the border, but luckily they won't be getting pork shoulder or $3 million in cash down across the border. They'll be getting nothing thanks to the hard work of the Cleveland County, North Carolina Sheriff's Office and this great canine who did a great, great job sniffing up that money. Way to go, canine American. Now, we'll tell you a little bit more stories about law enforcement. This one is on the bad side of the ledger. A deputy in Hamilton County, Tennessee, that's Chattanooga, has now been indicted on 44 criminal charges, including rape, battery, and assault. 26-year-old Deputy Daniel Wilkie, arrested on Tuesday and booked into the Hamilton County Jail, was later released on a $25,000 bail, according to reports there out of Chattanooga. And again, indicted for rape battery and assault while on duty according to the sheriff's office he's already facing multiple lawsuits for alleged misconduct during traffic stops involving illegal drug searches a roadside cavity search and groping female minors all this according to documents he was put on administrative leave a couple of months ago back in july within his department was carrying out the investigation but now he's been indicted rough road ahead for this what we think former deputy for hamilton county tennessee daniel wilkie now to the other end of tennessee and this involves a youngster who was quite busy early on a monday morning here recently as this youngster in memphis now admits to breaking into cars in one night this youngster 18 years old i'm gonna give you his name because he is an adult now in one night you're not going to believe what Hussein Mwaba did. He broke into 36 cars in one night in Memphis. One victim reported her 2016 Fiat 500 was broken into in the 5400 block of Rappahannock, and that's in the northeast Memphis area. Video captured two men breaking into her vehicle as he's now been arrested. Another person arrested. I don't have a name for that other person, but he's admitted to doing it. He's been charged with two counts of motor vehicle burglary and one count theft of property, a thousand dollars or less. He's expected in court today. And if you want to be in Memphis and see this fellow, 18 year old Hussein Mwaba there in the Memphis area, guilty because he says he did it, admitting to breaking into 36 vehicles all in one evening can you believe that that's possible well yeah i can believe it you know why because i lived in downtown memphis for a few months back in 2016 and in the couple of months i was there my car got broken into twice one time they destroyed the lock on my door and i could never use it again with a key at least they couldn't get into the car but only about a month later they decided hey We'll just take a brick and break the back glass and get into the car and steal some coins that I had in my console. And that's all that I'm aware of that they took. But all that cost me a couple hundred dollars to get my glass fixed. Yeah, I can believe it right there in Memphis that something like that could, could certainly go down. Now, a South Carolinian in the PGA world is a story that makes you happy because we all love golf in South Carolina, a great state that's provided a few golfers in its day. Well, Tommy Two Gloves Ganey is one of the South Carolinians who's had a little success on the PGA Tour, but hasn't had great success. Well, Two Gloves, who's 44 years old, 
is in the news now for not the best of reasons, as Ganey was among 124 people arrested as part of an investigation. According to the Polk County, Florida Sheriff's Office, authorities said the PGA golfer was arrested for soliciting a prostitute and is now facing a first-degree misdemeanor solicitation charge as he was arrested in florida on this sex traffic sex trafficking sting on sting on sunday in a sting called operation santa's naughty list oh tommy you made a bad mistake it looks like here the sheriff there in polk county florida grady judd said ganey told officers he was in town for a a charity golf event and according to the sheriff grady judd said that Ganey's married. He told us he was here for a charity golf event, and it was supposed to be in the next morning tee-off. He didn't make it. He was a scratch. We charged him with soliciting. He missed his tee time the next morning. Poor guy. But, yes, Tommy Two Gloves Ganey turned pro back in 97 and joined the tour, the PGA Tour, that is, in 2008. And he wears two gloves when he's out there on the golf course which is rather unusual he's got one pga tour victory to his credit he won the mcgladry classic in 2012 and he's played on the tour and he's played in 200 events earning more than 5.6 million dollars and i guess that extra money could have been used in this prostitution sting but hey tommy ganey is innocent until proven guilty we'll see what happens there but unfortunate news for the south carolinian and and a pretty darn good golfer when he's out there with those two gloves on. Now to some Confederate craziness. That's just what we need here in the last days of 2019. Craziness of people losing their mind over anything Confederate. Well, guess what? Alpharetta, Georgia is a wonderful town on the north end of Fulton County where Atlanta is, a very affluent area of the Atlanta metro area. And each year for seven years, Alpharetta has hosted the Old Soldier's Day Parade. Well, guess what? The city council voted unanimously this week to cut funding to the Old Soldier's Day Parade, which has been going on for 70 years. And do you know why they cut that funding? Because when they have this parade there each year, a group called the Sons of Confederate Veterans, which does great work across the Southeast, a very old and well-known heritage group in the Southeast that is non-political, non-partisan. They just are in the mission of preserving and protecting anything to do with the confederate soldier 1861-1865 well alpharetta didn't like that group and they didn't want them marching in that parade after they'd been doing it all these years so they told them they couldn't bring that darn confederate battle flag into the parade and now the city is receiving a lawsuit from the scv saying that was a violation of their free speech to tell them what they could do again this is a veterans parade a soldier's day parade of which the confederate soldier is an american soldier and recognized by congress in the 1950s as that that's why federal funds go to help erect confederate gravestones and things like that around the country they are recognized as american veterans confederate veterans that is well, now the city of Alpharetta cut out this funding and the parade's future is very likely in doubt. The old Soldier's Day Parade, because the people that helped put that on there in Alpharetta, Georgia, say that it's going to be tough to do that without the money. And so we'll have to find out if the American Legion post there, post 201, can keep going, if they can raise money. If you've got a little extra money here this year, ought to give that American Legion post and Alfred a little money to make sure that they can continue 
without the city's help by golly to keep going with this old soldier's day parade in alpharetta in georgia another confederate store to tell you about here as we wrap up our y'all show for the year the sev in the news in columbus georgia because the city of columbus has removed confederate flags and flag poles from a cemetery in columbus georgia where more than 500 confederate soldiers are buried and the scv has now filed a lawsuit stating that the city of columbus's and and its leaders violated the organization's civil rights under the monuments act by removing confederate flags from linwood cemetery and the conflict between the city and the scv started back in october when the scv told the city they would fly rebel flags over the 1828 cemetery confederate flags were banned from city property by former mayor Teresa tomlinson because of their supposed link to white supremacy but in this case on a confederate grave it's just honor confederate break that's my opinion but honestly like i said this goes back to the congress made it that so in the 1950s it's not a political thing it's simply to honor veterans but once again a city in georgia in a fight with the sons of confederate veterans hey did you hear about the time person of the year as many expected that that little that little rascal that little uh, what do you want to call her brat greta thunberg the swedish activist who's the founder of an extra chromosome campaign has won the 2019 time person of the year and i mean i don't understand why i mean somebody brought up a good point how could this girl who's 16 years old go all over the world and not be in school at 16 you know i could have won person of the year too when i was 16 if my parents would have let me sail around the world and get out there and lose my mind in front of television cameras it ain't fair so as we honor her this year as the person of the year let me remind you of some of our southerners who've won time person of the year well, this guy's a new Southerner. He's a carpetbagger. But Donald Trump, the new Florida resident, he won it back in 2016 when he was elected president of the United States. Great job, President Trump. Another Southerner that won this thing back 10 years ago, Ben Bernanke. Y'all remember Bernanke, chairman of the Federal Reserve? He is a South Carolinian, but I think he was born and raised in Augusta, Georgia for a little while. But he was chairman of the Fed and was all over the news back in the Obama administration. And the Carolina boy was the time person of the year back in 2009. A very, very good feat. Texas's George W. Bush time person of the year in 2004. Hey, a lot of great Southerners are American soldiers. And in 2003, time honored the American soldier as the time man of the year. I think is what it was called back in those days jeff bezos was the time person of the year in 1999 founder of amazon and he's a texan by the way fellow texan george w bush also was time person of the year in the year 2000 so for the last 20 years or so we've had a pretty good presence of time person of the year and when you go back into the 90s arkansas's own bill clinton was on there former baylor university president ken Starr was not time person of the year also in the 90s newt gingrich former congressman from georgia also on the list ted turner a time person of the year so we've held our own y'all we've done pretty good on that person of the year in my humble opinion and finally as we get ready for christmas and new year's and everybody's got the smiles on their faces and ready for the season we go to the charlotte north carolina area for this story that's 
almost a fake news story if you read the headline it doesn't seem like this is possibly be true but sure enough a man in the charlotte north carolina area has been kicked out of a mall because he looked too much like santa claus and this happened in york county south carolina where rock hill is and that galleria mall there this man kicked out robert allen a santa claus look-alike he goes everywhere decked out in his signature red and white costume because he says they're his favorite colors and he even has like a, a little small shirt it's not a big fluffy santa claus costume if you see the video but he certainly resembles someone who looks like santa claus and has the little santa claus hat on a dead giveaway that yes he also calls himself nicknamed robbie claus but he's been kicked out and i'm not really sure the explanation given of why anybody would kick him out but he says they're going to get a bag of coal without the coal in it there at the gallery of mall and the mall said he's welcome to come back anytime as long as he ditches the santa claus look i guess because they may have another santa claus working there someone getting a little santa envy there in rock hill south carolina all because of santa robbie there robert allen having a good time looking sort of like santa claus hey bringing christmas cheer year round we hope there and we appreciate him doing that and you can come parade your santa claus your wardrobe with us any old time santa allen okay santa robert that wraps up our headlines here on this final 2019 y'all show when we come back we're going to go to y'all.com and we've got some great christmas ideas for you right there from the website robert allen would sure approve there in rock hill when he finds out about that he'll also approve later this hour irev arthur sharp dropping by and we'll get his take on some great gift ideas when it comes to electronics including televisions and video games if you've got to get something special for someone special arthur sharp irev is going to be on to give us the hint of what to get all that ahead as we continue on with today's y'all show Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. 
from ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50. Holly's in the window, home is where the wind blows I can't walk running, cause Christmas time's coming Can you hear them bells ringing, ringing, joy, joy Hear them singing, when it's snowing I'll be going back to my country home Continuing on with y'all, talk with a southern accent. Yes, we got Christmas on our mind, and we are so excited about that. Well, y'all.com is extremely excited about the y'all tide season. Y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. Go on to yall.com and bookmark it and keep checking throughout the holidays and all in the new year for wonderful stories. Plus, each day that there's a y'all show, guess what? It gets posted right there at y'all.com and it is a great listen. And of course, share it with your friends. And when you're sitting around the Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and Easter and Fourth of July pick Nicks, tell everybody you know about y'all y'all.com and y'all show with your host john rawl well thanks to y'all.com they've got a story up right now y'all gotta have this for the holidays clark shelton's penned this great article and some of the things listed here that y'all just gotta have for this year's christmas kentucky fried chicken in partnership with envirolog is bringing back its famous fried chicken scented 11 herbs and spices fire log that's right you can put another log on the fire and have it smell like kentucky fried chicken they're available exclusively at walmart for only 18 dollars and 99 cents and they also come with free two-day shipping while supplies last so get you a kentucky fried chicken fire log for the fire nothing says i love you like a kentucky fried chicken fire log all right well that's a great idea another idea coming from y'all.com for christmas Jimmy Dean exchanging sausage themed gifts for recipe. The Jimmy Dean recipe gift exchange. Now that is a wonderful Christmas idea if you're into Jimmy Dean sausage. And who doesn't like sausage any time of the year, but especially when you get to the Yule Tide or as we call it, the Yule Tide season. Love that idea from y'all.com and appreciate y'all and Clark Shelton for sharing all this wonderful information with us and if you go there you can get some ideas for the gift exchange from jimmy dean including sausage scented wrapping paper backed by popular demand you can have that just in time for christmas although also there they got cowboy slipper boots the latest trend in western fashion has arrived these cowboy boot inspired slippers lined with fluffy fleece and equipped with a jimmy dean spur oh you can look like a real jimmy dean cowboy and sing 16 tons or whatever else he sang did he sing 16 tons 
uh i think he did uh, jimmy dean i'm i'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank on some of his music but yeah jimmy dean certainly a, a country music singer i know he was from virginia i do know that and he died what 15 20 years ago but his sausage brand lives on also they have sausage flavored candy canes as part of the jimmy dean recipe gift exchange check it out and you can check it out by going to y'all.com also at y'all.com we've got up there book ideas for christmas gifts yes nothing says you love someone like giving them a book and for little kids that that includes the little kids and so there's a book out called what i tell myself first children's real real world affirmations of self-esteem a u.s military veteran and former police officer new author michael a brown has seen his share of crises and violence but the realities that hit him the hardest these days involve children and young people who don't believe in themselves roughly 25 percent of all u.s students say they have been bullied so this is a a very timely book out there right now what i tell myself first again penned by michael a brown a guy who served in the military and a former police officer and that's a good children's book and there's other great gift ideas for the little ones there if you go to y'all.com also bible gifts make great christmas presents as the american bible society has announced its selections for the top 10 best bible gifts for christmas the list is part of american bible society's initiative to make the bible one of america's most gifted items this holiday season all right pretty neat you can't go wrong giving somebody a bible and i still reference mine on a good occasion although i'm still maybe y'all have the answer i'm still looking for the the best bible i i'm still a little confused sometimes when i read some of that old language and i'm i know there's other versions of the bible that are a little easier to read but they're not they don't sound quite as intellectual in my opinion gotta love that the old the old way people used to talk we need to make that come back again if at all possible also a thriller book you might want to check out as a florida attorney has penned this new fiction book and it's called intentional and that is written by florida attorney charles harris as he's got this out right now as part of something for the 2020 campaign you know that's getting going to get heated up big time as soon as we come back here in 2020 and when we come back here on the y'all show and another book to tell you about we had this fellow on a couple months ago he's from thomasville georgia originally and he's got a great book based on his own grandfather it's called crescendo and fred allen who was working as a piano player back in the great depression in the south georgia area was a virtuoso could do anything with a piano and ended up coming back to his south georgia town to live out his life he's still alive by the way and was amazing at the piano and his grandson has kind of penned a love story about his grandfather alan cheney is the grandson and this book called crescendo is a wonderful read the story of a musical genius who forever changed a southern town that's thomasville georgia just to the north of tallahassee florida lovely place i was back down there for the first time in about 10 years earlier this year and had a great visit there in south georgia and that book there we had a great interview earlier in the year when alan dropped by and talked about his grandpa and just a a very neat story fred allen is his grandpa and you can check out this book 
crescendo. And that's a quick look at some of the great gift ideas, courtesy of y'all.com. And go there and, and plenty of Christmas stuff coming between now and 25 December. And beyond 25 December, plenty of New Year's discussions and 2020 resolutions and more all on the pages of y'all.com. You'll love it. You'll also love after the break irev is going to make his debut here on the y'all show and arthur sharp is who we are talking about and he's going to come on and talk a little bit about why we celebrate christmas but he's also going to tell us about electronics and what are some great ideas for the 2019 christmas season if you need to get something as a stocking stuffer or you just want to reward yourself come on now you've earned it you might have to spend a little extra money but you can do that and Arthur, Mr. IREV, the IREV, has some really great ways to save money. Also, if you just listen closely to what he says, you'll be on after this break to tell us. And don't forget, in hour two, Brad Edwards of ESPN is going to be dropping by to talk about the great bowl games here of this postseason. All that ahead on the Y'all Show. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Christmas time, it's not going to be too far away. Welcome back into the Y'all Show. John Rawl here, and we've got a special guest joining us right now. It's IREV, Arthur Sharp. He is someone I've known a, a few years, you could say, as he is a guy who not only mixes in his knowledge of electronics and computers and everything else, something that we can all kind of take notes on here as he's our special guest. If you need to get a stocking stuffer for somebody or you just want to reward yourself, pay close attention to what IREV's got to tell us here. But he's also, as we said, he's an IREV, which means he knows a little bit about the reason 
for the season, and we're going to talk to him about that. But right now, let's welcome in IREV Arthur Sharp. He's from a great family, and we're glad to have him on here on the Y'all Show. Hello, sir. Good day. It's good to be with you, Mr. Raw. How are you doing, I am sir? great, and you can go ahead and say it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Are you serious? You mean I won't get banned or bleeped or bopped? <laughs> Not yet, but I got my finger over here on the button. <laughs> Season's greetings to everyone, but Merry Christmas is 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 what it's all about. I always laugh when they tell me Happy Holidays. I'm like, do you want my Christmas money or do you want my holiday money? Because I don't have any holiday money. I do have lots of Christmas money, though, I guess. I, something like that. Well, I did look at the calendar, and Hanukkah this year is actually like two days before Christmas is when it begins. Sometimes it's earlier in the month of December, and so, hey, if you're listening to us, happy Hanukkah out there as well. But what, That's right. I know you're an expert on the Bible. What is the, the justification of how Hanukkah moves around? Well, Hanukkah, you know, the Jewish calendar is based on the lunar year, so it shifts and it sorts. Uh, based on how the moon's rotation and all of those good things. So we've got a lunar calendar celebration, and then we have a solar calendar celebration, which is on our side of the tree because of the uh, Roman influence on the world. So that's how that shifts and moves around, just like Passover has to do with so many full moons and all those good things as to celebration of the Passover. So uh, for myself, uh, Christmas, you know, we j- we don't have to wonder which, which day it's going to be on. It's always on the 25th of December. Man, you're one sharp guy. Arthur Sharp, ah. our guest, the IREV here on today's Y'all Show. And we're getting ready for many of us to get a bunch of presents wrapped and have a big day come December 25th. Before we move over to some great gift ideas, some electronics and other gadgets from you, what's hot this year, IREV, remind us why we have this day, this important 25th day of December. Well, you know, uh, people always want to debate what's the day that the, the birth of Jesus was, and it may not have been the 25th of December, but you know what? It happened, and the great thing about it is that it reminds us that the Christ child, the Messiah, the promised one from Isaiah chapter 9, was promised a long time ago. And uh, it happened and it really took place, just like the angels told, you know, Joseph, you're going to have a son, just like they told Mary, you're going to have a baby. And uh, what's in use from the Holy Spirit is from God above. So we remember that there was a specific date, a specific place with specific people, and there came a very certain Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that's what it's all about, as uh, as they tell us in the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special. All right. Well, I'm glad you could remind us all. We're talking with IREV, who knows a thing or two about the reason for the season. But he also, as he's done for a few years now, he's kind of kept out uh, his watch on what's going on with all of the electronics and fun. And, and Arthur, what is the Arthur IREV projection of the hottest gadget going on here in 2019. Well, if it has to do with video, it's probably going to be hot as well as audio. You know, uh, there are some cool things that are coming out. All these, the industry is making sure that uh, every device can talk to everything. There's one of the coolest things I think that's happened. Um, there's something called AirPlay. If you own an iDevice, which uh, most people in America do, from grandmas and grandpas to aunts and uncles, moms and dads and kids, and you have those pictures stuck on your phone, you and I both know it's kind of hard for the family of 10 to gather around the phone and look at the crazy pictures when you go to grandma and grandpa's house. But what if you've got grandma and grandpa like a Vizio 
AirPlay enabled TV or an Apple TV, then you can throw those pictures up on the screen and on your nice big, you know, those giant 75 inch TVs that were on sale at Walmart, yeah, yeah, Target. Yeah. You, you can see it in living color 4K and it looks gorgeous. All right. Well, you bring up 4K and that's been out a few years now, but it seems to be getting more and more traction. I'm sure a lot of people have that on their wish list here for Christmas 2019. Is it really worth the expenditure, IREV? Well, you know, it's gotten so cheap. How can you not use it? How can you not get it? One of the things, though, I tell I tell people, you know, there's not you're not going to pull up your cable box from cable your cable company and and watch 4K. But there there is one satellite provider that has 4K. If you've got an Apple TV 4K or a Roku TV 4K, you can watch some YouTube in 4K. And there are some gorgeous pictures. Let me tell you, when you watch 4K and you see 1080 and then go back to uh, when you were a kid uh, back in the 80s and the 90s and you watch TV from there, you're like, how, why did we think that even looked good? <laughs> so when you see a 4K and, you know, 8K is around the corner now. 8K. That, oh, come on now. That, 8K. You know, I saw an 8K TV that was on sale Black Friday and I was like, are you serious? Now, there might be like two videos you can watch in 8K. I mean, on my on my iMac, I can watch them 5K. Uh, but it, it, it's around the corner, but that's going to take a long time. But finally, 4K is getting mass adoption, mass production. So you're going to start seeing providers figure a way to deliver you the content. And with Internet speed getting faster, I mean, I live in a little tiny town in South Carolina. And lo and behold, the other day I called to complain about something with my cable company. And they said, Mr. Sharp, we have 400 meg cable available for you for the same price. Would you like that? And you know what I said? Yes. <laughs> Isn't it? I've had, I, I've had the same experience, IREV. Isn't it weird how you have to call them and find out what they have to offer instead of them I, letting you know? It, it, it drives me crazy because I had been arguing. I was trying to get that. I knew that speed was available for a business. And when I first asked about a home, I said, no, no, no. And then I called back two weeks later and, and I was complaining about something. I said, you guys have got to work on this speed consistency. It's important for some of the things that I do. And they said, wait a second. We just, we have available in your neighborhood. I said, why didn't you let me know? Mm. So, yeah. So, and, and also on pricing on that type of stuff, always call, always negotiate. Don't just accept it when you get the bill and it tells you, Hey, my internet went up or this is this always, always make sure. And, uh, you know, you, you'll discover the money you can save so you can afford to get your kid that extra iPad or, you know, the extra AirPods Pro that all the kids are raging over and uh, everybody's thing is neat. Um, I, you will never guess this. I found a smart garage opener just the other day for $40 on Amazon. So now that I can talk to my phone and I can tell it to open the garage and bingo the garage door opens it's like open sesame's come to life your life is now complete that is amazing <laughs> that's right hey i, I can IREV, yes, i want to ask you about apple what's apple got specifically that's really cool and hot that somebody might want to go get here at the last minute for 2019's christmas if you could find airpods pro i promise you your kids your grandkids are going to love it those are great but don't overlook the previous generation of airpods because those are still incredible they still sound beautiful 
There's a couple little features that are on the pro version, but kids love the AirPods. And, and I tell you, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, the great thing about them, they just connect to your phone. You just open the case. It says, do you want to connect? Yes. It's not the complicated Bluetooth pairing of yesterday. So it makes it simpler. How long so do I'd they last? Some of those things. Charging oh, wise. my goodness. Uh, you can get at least, generally speaking, a couple days. If you listen to a lot of music, if you listen to a little music here and there, if you just want to make some phone calls, I mean, you're talking over, you could potentially last over a week because not only do the AirPods charge, the case charges. So when you put them back in the case, they instantly start charging again. Mm, all right. And, and do they hold up better than some of the more pricier pod options out there? Well, those are probably some of the pricey pod styles, but they, they certainly rival the Beats. If you're, if you're thinking about the Beats line, um, they certainly rival those. But most people that I've talked to and, uh, and when I consult with folks, and I'm like, what should I get this or this? I'm like, do you want simple? And that's one thing that's perfect on these. They're simple. You know, my wife has some cool air, 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 not air things, but earphones that are wireless. And she goes to turn them on and she tries to pair them. And she's always like, help me get this Bluetooth thing to work. These just work. And that's the great thing about them. But, you know, there's one other cool little gadget that's available and it's made by Logitech, but it's for the Apple devices because I know I saw the lines at Walmart. I saw Black Friday at Target. Everybody had these 10 inch Apple iPads on sale. They were like one hundred dollars off. Well, the cool thing is those screens you can write on them. There is something called the Logitech Crayon or either the Apple Pencil. The Apple Pencil is the pricier edition. But if you've got kids or, or just want to take notes for your high schooler or college guy or, or young lady, check out the Logitech Crayon. You can get it for like $40 as opposed to $100, $120 for the Apple product. And that thing just works. It's beautiful. They've partnered with Apple, but it's called the Logitech Crayon. Originally, it was only going to be available for schools. It's designed for to make it simple and easy to use. They're very durable, but it's far beyond anything you've used with a stylus and that would be an absolute great compliment i mean you've already spent 250 300 bucks for the uh, ipad spend another 40 50 dollars get them that logitech crayon you can play color by numbers it's drawing at unbelievable uh ratios and dpi and resolution all those fun things it'll look beautiful my son has fallen in love with his he loves to draw originally he said i i, I can't use that dad now that's all he draws with all the time. And it works great. Yeah, yeah, your son's quite talented. In fact, he should open up a business called Southern Draw because he's Ooh. pretty good with his with his drawing and such. Hey, iRev, as we wrap up with you, I know this is something that uh, a lot of people out there, they're addicted to. And if they're not addicted, oh. if they've got little ones, they're certainly addicted to this thing. And that would be video games. Any thoughts on that whole stratosphere of excitement as we get ready for christmas younger kids love the nintendo switch <clears throat> but i'll tell you teenagers are liking it too there's some cool games that are available on there some of the whole mario series um the xbox you can't go wrong with that you can't go wrong with the ps4 they all have some great games some exclusives my sons here lately they've been on the ps4 kick but for, then they'll go back to their xbox it just depends but i want to tell you there's another device and, you know, not to say all Apple all the time, but the Apple TV 4 now is a gaming platform. There's joysticks that you can use with it, including your Xbox and PS controllers. And they have an Apple Games 
subscription. So for, I believe it's $10 a month, you get all kind of cool games, games that you won't find on any other device, any other platform, and they look incredible. So any of those devices, and hey, if you get the Apple TV 4, it's not just something your kids are going to use. Mom and dad can use it for their pictures on the screen or their videos. There's also great channels. And if you buy it now during Christmas, they're even giving you a free subscription to Apple TV Plus for one whole year. Man, I had no idea. I'm glad we had iRev stop by. And I know you've been inundated with trials and samples of all these products so do you want my address so you can send me a few of these things that you're not using anymore well you know i i might need that but my three sons would have to mail it to you that's for sure <laughs> well i don't want it after they've been through it because i'm sure if they've been through it they put it to great use i rev absolutely i rev we can't thank you enough for giving us some great ideas for christmas and merry christmas to you and yours thank you for your first report here of what we hope will be many to come in 2020 in fact when the new year turns we got to have you back on here to give us the whole breakdown of what's going on with apple and the iphone but that's a story for another time oh yes well merry christmas to all of you all and I wish you the very best. And don't forget, Jesus is still the reason for the Christmas season. Amen. Arthur Sharp, IREV, right here on the Y'all Show. Well, when we come back in hour two, we will take a look at what's going on in the Southeastern Conference. But we're also going to have a very special guest to help us do that. It's Brad Edwards of ESPN. He'll be on to break down what's going on in the SEC, including some coaching changes and hires, as well as we'll get his take on some of the great bowl games of this bowl whole season including his take on the college football semifinal matchups and that national championship game brad edwards coming up in hour two you don't go anywhere you're listening to the y'all show talk with a southern accent Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund and give up the best night's sleep i've had since i learned to walk no way you're the only one i want to come home to purple mattress you too can come home to a purple mattress by texting offer to 84888 take advantage of our purples bundle up for the holiday sale and get a free premium gift bundle when you buy a mattress by texting offer to 84888 that's keyword o-f-f-e-r to 84888 see purple.com for terms and conditions Hour number two on this final y'all show for the year 2019. I'm John Raw. Good to have you back here. 803-816-1170 is our number for you to call 24-7, even when we're off the air, as we will be for several days here until we get back together in early January. In fact, let me go ahead and tell you, it's January 6th will be our first show right back here, full force into the year 2020. So make your plans. Here in this hour of the Y'all Show, we've got a lot coming your way via Brad Edwards. In fact, is is he on? Yes. 
Okay, Brad Edwards has just called in from Bristol, Connecticut. He is a college football insider and analyst for ESPN's College Game Day and more on ESPN. And he was on our show back a few months back. And Brad Edwards is going to come on after this break and walk through the bowl schedule and some SEC news and notes. Brad Edwards, our very special guest, he'll hold through the break. Y'all hold through the quick break, and we'll be right back to talk a lot of bowl talk with ESPN's Brad Edwards. This is the Y'all Show. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear savior's birth the show that's all about the southeast hello i'm john rawl this is the y'all show this is our sec spotlight and we go to Bristol for our special guest here on this Y'all Show, Brad Edwards. He works closely with all the college football pundits. You'll see him occasionally on ESPN. He's also part of ESPN Radio's Saturday broadcast. If you get a chance to tune in throughout the year, you'll hear him on there for hours upon hours talking college football. And right now, Brad Edwards is back into the Y'all Show as our special guest. Hello, Brad. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, same to you and your audience. It's, it's feeling like Christmas up here. We've actually had uh, almost 12 inches of snow since Thanksgiving. Mm. And, and and we got a little bit of time more to go. So maybe we'll have a white Christmas here. Yeah, white Christmas in Connecticut. Probably a little different from what most of us in the South. Of course, you're a Southerner and will always be a Southerner, Brad Edwards, no matter how long you live in Bristol, Connecticut. That is true. And so if you don't want the 12 inches of snow, you know where you can go, right? <laughs> That's right. Although, although given the choice, I might just go to the Bahamas. Uh, I understand. <laughs> hey, there's a bowl game down there these days. You can write that there one There is. That's true. Hey, let's talk a little SEC news before we get into all the bowl talk with you, Brad. And we've had several hirings in the last couple of days in the Southeastern Conference. I want you to kind of walk through who the new fellows are and your thoughts on them. Well, um, I think that the headliner uh, is obviously at Ole Miss where uh, Lane Kiffin has taken over. Uh, and uh, I, look, I think some people were surprised that Matt Luke uh, was let go, although certainly there was, um, uh, I think there was a lot of consternation in the Ole Miss fan base after the way that the, that the Egg Bowl ended and um, people wanted to see some changes. Uh, attendance had really dropped off. And uh, certainly Lane Kiffin is a hire that at, at least in the short term uh, is going to do a lot to solve that problem. I think there's going to be a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement in the Ole Miss fan base over this. Uh, whether he'll actually make a big difference uh, with that team on the field, that remains to be seen. Uh, but he's a guy who you know has had a few different coaching stints where – 
he just hasn't been at any place long enough to be able to say what type of coach he can be in the long term. Uh, we do know from from his experience at both USC and Alabama as an offensive coordinator that he is a really good play caller and a really good game planner. And so you would think with some of the the young talent uh, that Ole Miss has on offense, um, that that's something that could you know be. Uh, really uh really appealing as far as uh as far as the possibilities and what he might be able to do uh with those guys um you know i'm trying to think looking at some of the uh the other uh coaching hires um you have uh, eli drinkwitz going from um from app state uh to missouri you know missouri is a program that uh i I, I think that you have to be optimistic about just because they've been to a couple of SEC championship games um, in recent years. And so you know that uh, if if all of the uh, the situation is right, I guess, you know, around them, if, if all the circumstances kind of fall their way, they can have a lot of success. Um, but at the same time, you know, is, is Missouri a team that's likely to do a whole lot while um, – while teams like Georgia and Florida are at the top of their game, uh, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know if that's uh, if that's you know something that you can really expect to happen. Um, but uh, but certainly, uh, there, Missouri is definitely a program where you can be a perennial bowl team. And I think at this point, given what's happened uh, in recent years, that that's a place that they could you know they could certainly uh, start off, and uh, hopefully that they could uh, build more from there. And then. Um, um who so, who in the, the who in the Sam you know ever whatever did Arkansas Pittman. hire? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say I was trying to remember which one I hadn't gotten to yet in Arkansas. Arkansas goes with Sam Pittman. Um who is an offensive line coach at Georgia. And it's it's an interesting hire because I I think that that yeah, while it is it is normal in a lot of cases to go from um from one coach that you just fired to someone who is pretty much an opposite of that guy when you replace him. Uh, in this case, I'm not sure if that was the right thing to do for Arkansas, just because you're going with a guy who is an offensive line coach who is coming from a system that was very traditional, I guess is the best way to describe it as far as the offensive style of Georgia. And uh, maybe he'll have a, you know, a different mindset as far as how he wants to run an offense now that he's in charge. But I felt like Arkansas was on the right track with what they were doing under Chad Morris, trying to spread things out. Um, they, you know, they, they need someone who can really recruit well in the state of Texas, just because where they're located geographically. And and they they had the former lineman who had the very physical style uh, just a few years ago under Brett Bielema, and then they tried to completely transform in two years under Chad Morris. It didn't work. And if they're trying to go back in the other direction, back to the you know more of a Bielema style, that's not going to work well for Arkansas because at this point it feels like they've just wasted their last four years. So so we'll see what Pittman does, but I think that's a big question with him: is what type of offense is he going to run, and is it going to be friendly to the to the offensive players they already have there? And Brad Edwards, I wasn't trying to be a wise guy when I said who in the Sam, whatever is Arkansas going to I'd never heard of this guy you're Mr. College well, football had you ever heard of Sam Pittman prior to this yeah week? I mean I, I I had heard of him but not not in the you know not within conversations about head coaching candidates uh was not a guy who I was aware of was high on people's list and, and look Arkansas uh they wanted um 
or I should say they were interested in Lane Kiffin. Um, they were also interested in Mike Norvell, who ended up being hired uh, to, to Florida State from Memphis. And when they they didn't win either of those battles, I, I think they felt like they needed to get someone pretty quickly because it, the the recruiting calendar has changed in college football. And over the last few years, uh, they, they've started an early signing period in December where uh, the majority of the players who are high school seniors this year are going to sign with their college teams now in December instead of the first week of February, which is when it used to be. You can still sign then, but given this option, about 80% of kids have been choosing to sign in the early period in December, and it's it's really difficult to get someone to sign with the school if they don't know the head coach and the coaching staff. And so uh, for, for any school out there that's having to fill a, a, an opening, a head coach, you need to do it very early in December, if not in November, in order to give those guys a chance to build some sort of relationships with recruits uh, to convince them to sign with you in December. Otherwise, uh, you're going to end up having a, a less than ideal signing class because if you have to wait till February to get most of your guys. There just aren't that many left over at that point. And so this might be a case of that for Arkansas where they just had to uh they just had to, you know, make a decision and uh and and go with it and hope that it turns out for the best. Was Lane Kiffin in the running for Arkansas's head coach? Yeah, apparently. Apparently Arkansas was very interested uh in in Lane Kiffin um and so it was it, I don't know if it was a battle only between Arkansas and Ole Miss, but uh Kiffin ended up going with Ole Miss, and so uh, Arkansas had to go in a different direction. All right. Again, Kiffin hired at Oxford, had a huge crowd. I think it was Monday when he was announced there, huge crowd at the airport. Did you see the video where the guy let his kid get in Lane Kiffin's arm as soon as he got out of the plane and then kind of under his breath said, hey, get your burner phone now. Did you, yeah, hear, did did. you hear that? I did. I did hear that, and uh, that, was, that was comical. Uh, of course, it was a reference to a previous – Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze. Um, Oddly had, enough, uh, did you see the photo? Yes. I don't think it was a doctored photo. Did you see who was in Oxford this week? Uh, no, Freeze. Yeah, Freeze and Lane Kiffin had dinner together. I think it was Tuesday night in Oxford. I don't think this was a doctored wow. doctored photo. Kiffin had a hat on at the supper table, and Hugh Freeze was nice, clean shaven, and all. It makes sense he would be in Oxford right now. It's kind of a dead period, except for recruiting for head coaches, right? And yeah, he, he's yeah. Got, he's, well, I, he's I'm got trying a, to think if the dead period has hit quite yet. Well, I, mean, I, I meant days, from but. a rec- not, not. I wasn't talking about recruiting. He's got a team probably getting ex- going through exams at Liberty right now. Yeah, right. And right. They're, they're going to a bowl, so he probably could sneak away for two or three days if need be. And I'm pretty sure this was not a fake photo of those two having supper at oxford grill house i even had the name of the restaurant all right well you know as you know uh it's most towns in the south are not easy for a uh, an sec football coach to hide in Mm -hmm. uh and oxford is (laughs) certainly not one of the the few that that might be so uh yeah i think uh i think you got to count on being seen whenever you go out in public in a a place like oxford well most of hugh freeze's enemies are no longer at oxford They're, they've gone on to other positions so it would make sense he might be coming around of course that is his home area so hey maybe he's getting some coaching advice or vice versa from 
Lane Kiffin. Well, that's the the coaching news here going on, and we're going to talk now with Brad Edwards about bowl games. Let's take a quick break, come back, we'll talk about the SEC's bowl lineup, and then we'll get him to weigh in on a couple of these other really big bowls going on in college football. All that as we come back after this break here on the Y'all Show Christmas SEC football. Man, we are in good shape, y'all. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our Purple's bundle up for the holiday sale and get a free premium gift bundle when you buy a mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. The LSU Tigers representing the SEC in their quest to become national champions. If they are successful in that, it would be the fourth national title for the Bayou Bengals. John Rawl here in our final segment of this, the Thursday Y'all Show. We have Brad Edwards of ESPN joining us now, college football analyst at ESPN. And great to have him back on the show as we're wrapping things up here for 2019 this week on the program. Our SEC spotlight of teams playing in bowl games, walking through where we have teams in the SEC, starting first with Texas A&M on December 27th. They have a familiar foe in Oklahoma State. They get together at NRG Stadium for the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. What about this one, Brad? Yeah, this is um, this is one that uh, between two teams that used to play in the Big 12 together. Obviously, that's where A&M was before they came into the SEC. And uh, I would say A&M should have an advantage here just because of uh, some injuries on Oklahoma State's offense that uh, make them a little bit less explosive than they were for the majority of the season. And uh, given that, um, A&M should be able to come away with a win here. They are, you know, a team that had a, a really difficult schedule this year, um, faced uh, several of the best teams in the country, you know, taking on uh, Clemson and LSU and uh, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. And so, I mean, right there you're looking at uh, – at what five of the top thirteen teams uh, in the in the final rankings, and so uh, they they lost to all of those teams. Unfortunately for A and M, the only one that they really were competitive in was the Georgia game. Um, so th- they need something really positive to carry over into the off season. Because let's not forget, they were preseason number twelve, and they end up finishing seven and five. And so it's a disappointing season for them. Um, but if you can win the bowl game, get an eighth win, then it feels a little bit better uh, going into that uh, that off season and, and uh, all of the 
the workouts and everything else that you got to go through getting ready for the next year. So I think for uh, for A and M, uh, this might be a bigger situation and more important to come away with a win than it is for a lot of teams, which let's be honest, most of them, they just value getting the extra practices for the bowl games and they want to win, but if they lose, it's not that big of a deal. I think it'd be a bigger deal for, for A&M to lose this game. All right. As you walk through the calendar here, the second SEC game on the bowl schedule is that Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, LSU, Oklahoma. Brad, we'll come back to that one. Let's skip forward to December 30th when Mississippi State and Louisville get together on the banks of the Cumberland at Nissan Stadium. It's the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Yeah, these are two teams that uh, have pretty good offenses and were not great on defense this year. Mississippi State took a big step back on defense, as you would have expected given the quality of guys they lost to the NFL draft. Uh, Louisville in, in some games was just atrocious on defense. So, look, is there anything you'd rather have from what is an exhibition game? I mean, let's be honest, that's what bowl games are these are exhibition games outside of the two playoff games in the national championship um is there anything you'd rather see than a lot of points scored so i i think from that standpoint uh it's the perfect bowl matchup and so uh i i do think that i do think that mississippi state is a little bit better uh on defense than louisville is and because of that i i, I think this is a game that the bulldogs should win um, but it should be a great crowd there in Nashville uh, with those two teams. Not you know, neither one is all that far away, and so uh, it uh, should be a fun game. Like I said, lots of points is what I would expect. And on that same December thirtieth day, Florida and Virginia are getting together in the Orange Bowl. We'll talk about that one more in a second. On New Year's Eve in Charlotte, it's the Belk Bowl, the Hokies of Virginia Tech, and the Kentucky Wildcats in Uptown Charlotte. This is a high noon Charlotte time kick on ESPN. What about the Cats in this one? Yeah, this is another one that uh, should be a nice crowd given the proximity of these two schools to Charlotte. And uh, so I I think that uh, they're both – uh, excited about the way they ended the season. I think Kentucky especially uh, winning the, the rivalry game over Louisville in convincing form. I think uh, they're they're ready to go in there and, uh, and close the season out in style, whereas Virginia Tech, um, disappointing loss in its rivalry game against Virginia, which was for the division title there in the ACC. Uh, and, and this is the final game for Virginia Tech's longtime defensive coordinator, Bud Foster. So it uh, probably means a lot to them to not only to send him out with a win, but to play better defensively for him than they did in that in that last game against Virginia. And uh, it's going to be challenging because Kentucky's offense is um, it's a tough one to prepare for because they they basically have have moved a receiver to running back and they're. Mm-hmm. They're running him around a lot, and it's just it's very unconventional the way that they do it. But that's the one thing about bowl games is they they do allow you a lot of time to prepare for an opponent much more than you have in the regular season. So um, I I kind of like Virginia Tech here just because uh, of that element of having more time to compare for, uh, to prepare for a Kentucky offense um, that has been very one dimensional since they made that change at quarterback over the last I don't know month or so of the season. All right, we're going to do the end around for the three SEC teams suiting up on New Year's Day. Let's go to January 2nd. That's a Thursday. And the Hoosiers and the Tennessee Vols are going to be in Jacksonville for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. 
yeah, Tennessee is one of those teams that they have to feel really good about the way they ended because it was such a brutal start. I mean, go, starting 0-2 against Georgia State and BYU, um, it felt like that the whole program was falling apart at that point. There was all sorts of speculation that their second-year coach, Jeremy Pruitt, wasn't going to make it through the season. Uh, and then, you know, they, they started to – have some things uh, – well, I don't even know if go their way is the right they, – they played hard. I guess that was the key. They played hard in some games in which they were overmatched against Georgia and Alabama, and I think that was where they gained confidence. And then once they got through those teams, uh, obviously were, were playing opponents that weren't as good the rest of the way, and uh, they just rolled through that schedule and ended up uh, finishing 7-5. and five. And I think given the circumstances uh, early in the year – uh, that was the best they could have hoped for. And I, I think there's a lot to be excited about if you're Tennessee and you just want to continue that momentum against a, an Indiana team that had an even better season than Tennessee did. I mean, Indiana is, 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 is not a, a, a typical uh, or not, a, not a, a school that's typically known for its football program, obviously more of a basketball school. Um, but they just had uh, one of the best football seasons that, that they've had in a in a really long time at Indiana. So uh, they're really excited to be there, too. I do think that Tennessee just end of the day has more talent than Indiana does. Um, but it should be a should be a fun game. And uh, I, I, I think the Vols will come out ahead in this one. What do you mean Indiana doesn't have a football history? Didn't they have a guy named Corso <laughs> on the sideline at one point? They they did back in the 70s. Uh, I don't know that they won a whole lot of games with him on the sideline, but they had him. All right, Brad Edwards of ESPN joining us. He's a college football insider for the mothership of college football, also an analyst for College Game Day on ESPN Radio, and is kind enough to join us right here on the Y'all Show, walk, walking our way through all of the bowl games. And Brad, right now, we're going to get to what we call the 10 bodacious bowls of bowl season. For the last two days on the Y'all Show, we walk through what we call the bottom feeder bowls and the bland bowls. We've got <laughs> We've got those 30 bowls out of the way. Let's focus now on the bodacious bowls. And we'll go ahead and start with the non-SEC games going on. Alamo Bowl, that should be a game that some of you might want to check out as Texas is going to be playing in that contest as UT has a pretty good opponent in that one. Tell me about the Alamo Bowl. Well, Texas is a team that is uh, – I, I mean, look, I told earlier about uh, A&M and how – they started off ranked so high and then just finished so poorly. And the same thing is true for Texas. They're, you know, they're, they're in-state rival there. Texas was preseason number 10 and they ended up, you know, losing five games and finishing seven and five. So uh, this is a, this is a game that is, is very important uh, to Texas. And uh, they're going against Utah, which is a, a team that was right there in the playoff hunt all the way up until uh, that, you know, final weekend when they lost in the Pac-12 championship game. And Utah is a, a very physical team and definitely have a style that is most certainly not Big 12. And so uh, it's kind of a contrast in styles here. Um, I I like Utah in this game, uh, but not only because they are a better team, but I think they're just they're more physical than Texas is. Uh, when Utah's had trouble this year, it's been against teams that have a really good defensive line, and and uh, that's Utah's weakness on the offensive line. Um, I I I think Texas is not well equipped in order to uh, 
to give Utah difficulty there. I think Utah's pass rush will uh, give Texas offense a lot of trouble. And uh, so I, I think uh, think Utah goes into the state of Texas and beats the Longhorns here. All right, Cotton Bowl also in the state of Texas. That's going to be the Memphis Tigers and the Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, games like this, you get one of them every year where what they call the the group of five, which is the 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 kind of not the power conferences, but the next tier of conferences, uh, of which uh, Memphis is is one of the teams that that's, um, or they are the team that's representing that group, I guess is probably the best way to say it, in this game. And so every year, one of those teams will get a shot against one of the big boys. And so um, the, the question is always, is the team from the power conference uh, going to care as much about it as the team that is not from the power conference. And so uh, in this case, it's a little different because Memphis's coach has been hired by Florida state and uh, he uh, apparently is not going to coach in the bowl game. So um, Memphis won't necessarily have, you know, the, the same setup that it's had all season long because they, they will have, uh, you know, an interim coach in place and, um, and, and, things won't quite be as smooth on their end. And so you don't, you don't typically get that uh, with a game like this, where that team is coach is going without its, its coach. Um, So that'll be a factor, but on the other side, Penn state, you know, how, how much do they want it? Um, How big of a deal is it to them? Because I can promise you the Memphis players would love to beat uh, not just a team from the Big Ten, but a team with the with the history and tradition that Penn State has. And so, uh, I think that's the that's the key here. I mean, whenever you you talk about these games, year after year after year, there's never a question which team has more talent. Penn State has more talent than Memphis, um, but so much of football is you know it's 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 desire and determination and and all that stuff. Uh, how much you want to go out there and play hard and. So that is a, that is a big question. I, I think you'll get a good effort from Penn State though, because they they lost in, in the bowl game last year to Kentucky. That didn't sit well with them. So uh, I, I I think that Penn State will show up, uh, play well. They are a team that um, has a really good pass rush, and that could cause a lot of trouble for Memphis. And so I I think the matchup is in Penn State's favor. Um, I'll pick Penn State but I'll never feel good about taking the power team in any of these games just because I know how much the, the other team wants it. All right. The Lions and Tigers together on December 28th from AT&T Stadium in Arlington. And now we come up upon the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Wisconsin and Oregon. This is a matchup that will go down on New Year's Day, and it'll be televised, of course, on ESPN from the Rose Bowl there in Pasadena. And Brad, I know Wisconsin, they, they're kind of lucky to even get into this one because some people thought Penn State might get that Rose Bowl invite, but I guess Wisconsin winning their division helped them get there. Yeah, it helps. And I think the fact that they were so competitive with Ohio State in the conference championship game also helped. Uh, that, that allowed them to preserve their ranking that they had going into the final weekend and, and not fall back behind Penn State after losing that, that championship game. Uh, Wisconsin is, you know, actually both of these teams have, have been to the Rose Bowl um, uh, a number of times in recent years. And uh, uh, Wisconsin and Oregon actually played in, I want to say it was the 2011 season that they played uh, against each other in this game. And that was uh, that was back when Russell Wilson was the uh, the, the, the uh, quarterback at Wisconsin. 
and uh, Oregon was kind of uh, in its heyday under uh, Chip Kelly uh, coming off of a, of a national championship game appearance. And so uh, that one was a very high-scoring game. I don't see this one being that same type of game. Uh, both of these teams are better on defense than they were then. Uh, I don't think either team is as good on offense as they were then. So I, I do think it'll, it could potentially be a game that's maybe played in the 20s um, as far as the points go for each team. And uh, I I think I like Wisconsin here. Um, Oregon's quarterback, Justin Herbert, is uh, very highly regarded by a lot of people. Um, I think he'll be a first-round pick in the NFL draft, probably first half of the first round in the NFL draft. But he's kind of hit and miss. There's sometimes that he makes some throws that just amaze you, and then there are other times uh, that, that he – that he misses some throws then you're just like how, how could a good quarterback not hit that and especially when he's under pressure and I, I think that I think that Wisconsin's defense will be able to get a lot of pressure uh, on Justin Herbert and I think that'll be the difference in this game I think I think Wisconsin comes away with the win all right Brad Edwards I never want to try to out stump you however trivia question do you know the day and year that Wisconsin last won the Rose Bowl they last won the Rose Bowl. Yeah, not played in it, but won the Rose Bowl. It was kind of an important day. Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think back of uh, – it, it would have been um, 19 – I guess it was – was it January 1st, 99? Nope. January 1st, 2000. Oh, that's right. It was the – I don't know who was, they played, but they, – No, they played Stanford. They they started the yeah, new century off Stanford. on the right foot. Yeah, they did play Stanford. Yeah, right. they played Stanford. I forgot about that. I was uh, the the year before they had also won. So they did win on January first, ninety nine. Because mm-hmm. I I remember that game well. They uh, they beat UCLA. But yes, they did win again the next year against Stanford. One of the uh, one of the Stanford players is one of my on that team as one of my coworkers now. So uh, I should have gotten that one. That was I, I've heard him talk about that game so many times. That I, and <laughs> I who would that coworker that Wisconsin be? had beaten Stanford. Uh, he is he is known on uh, on ESPN as Stanford Steve. That's who I thought you were talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, there you go. Did he yeah. have a role in that game? Did, did... he? Uh, I, I don't know if he had a big role in the game. He was out there playing. Okay, um, but yeah, no. But Stanford was a big underdog, and they uh, they hung in there. And Wisconsin had the Heisman Trophy winner Ron Dane, and uh, they won the game, but not by as many points as a lot of people thought they would. All right, thank you, Stanford Steve, and thank you, Mississippi Brad. All right. <laughs> We'll talk a little bit more about some of the SEC teams. Speaking of Mississippi, Brad, we are talking with Brad Edwards of ESPN, the Jackson, Mississippi native. He's a college football insider for ESPN and an analyst on College Game Day on ESPN Radio. Let's talk a little more SEC teams in bowl games. You got the Outback Bowl going on in Tampa. Auburn will be back there taking on the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Yeah, Auburn is is a – is a team that uh, you remember last year in that bowl game, they played one of those kind of middle of the pack, big 10 teams and just absolutely wiped Purdue off the field. I believe that was the music city bowl last year. And, uh, and, and so you, you wonder, you know, what, what is Auburn going to do here? Is, could it be the same type of situation? Now, I think Minnesota clearly is better than that Purdue team was last year. And they have, uh, you know, been up there in the top 10, um, for uh, for a, a good bit of the second half of this season. 
And, and yet, um, I, I still wonder to some degree how good Minnesota is. Um, one thing though with Auburn is that they have been very hit and miss, uh, offensively this season, especially with their quarterback, Bo Nix, who, uh, is a true freshman. And you expect a guy like that to have his ups and downs. And, uh, he certainly had them and he played his best games at home. Uh, obviously a bowl game, you're not playing at home. And so I, I, I wonder, uh, you know, what you're going to get out of Bo Nix. I think, uh, Auburn's defense, uh, certainly is stout and it's going to make it very difficult, uh, for Minnesota. But Minnesota has played against some good defensive teams, uh, in the Big Ten. Um, Penn State and Iowa, Wisconsin, um, maybe not quite on Auburn's level, but they're good defenses that they faced. And in some of those games, they, they had some success. So, um, I, I think it will be a lower scoring game because of that. But, uh, you know, when you just look at the talent on each team, it, it's hard not to like Auburn in this game just because they do have more talent across the board than Minnesota does. But, um, Minnesota's passing game, I think, can have success if they can give their quarterback time to throw. So I don't, I don't think this is an easy win for Auburn, um, but it is a game that I think Auburn should win. All right, Auburn and the Gophers, your first game on New Year's Day after you're out partying all night, bringing in the new year. You can tune in to ESPN at high noon Eastern and check out the Plainsman and the Golden Gophers. Also kicking off, though, at that exact same time, just down the road in Florida, the Alabama Crimson Tide and Michigan are in the VRBO Citrus Bowl. What about this matchup, Brad Edwards? Yeah, this one is probably the the best looking bowl game on paper outside of the playoff, just just because of the names of the teams and and all of the wins and their histories and all that stuff. Uh, but um, the the question is, what are you going to get from Alabama? Uh, Alabama obviously uh, is very disappointed to be in this game. They had uh, been in the playoff every previous year. And so this is uh, this is the first time in quite a while that they have uh, been in a bowl game where they weren't really competing for the national championship. And obviously that kind of affects your interest in, in being there. Uh, they also have a, a bunch of underclassmen who are um, potential NFL picks who could be declaring for the NFL draft and and the, the pattern in recent years has been for, you know, some players who know that they're going pro to sit out bowl games. Now, we haven't heard anything yet from Alabama on this front. Um, it's possible none of them could sit, um, but it's also possible that there could be some key players who decide not to play. So that could be a factor, something to keep an eye on as we get closer to kickoff. Uh, but then uh, the other side of it is uh, is with Michigan. Last year, they finished the season – getting embarrassed by Ohio state in their rivalry game. And then they went to the bowl game against Florida and Michigan had a bunch of key players who sat out because they were going to the NFL draft and Florida crushed them. And it was an embarrassing end to what had been a really good season up to that point for Michigan. And now coming off another blowout loss to their rival, Ohio state, you think that the, the last thing Minnesota, that Michigan wants to do is to, have a season end the same way, which is back-to-back blowout losses uh, after they'd really gotten excited about what they had done, um, you know, up to that point. And, and so I, I think I think you're going to get Michigan's A game here. I think it means a lot to them to go out and play well in this game and, and like I said, not end it the way that they did a year ago. Uh, so so I, I think the question is, 
what do you get out of, out of Alabama? You know, which Alabama team shows up? How ready are they to play? Look, I think even at its best, Alabama's defense will have some trouble against Michigan because they just Alabama hasn't been that good on defense this season. Uh, we know that they're they're without their starting quarterback, Tua Tonga Bailoa. Uh, Mac Jones will be playing, and so it feels like a game that Alabama could easily lose. And my prediction would be that Michigan wins this game unless something happens and Alabama has a whole bunch of these underclassmen decide that they're going to stay and come back for another year and that there's just a lot of enthusiasm there on the Alabama uh, sideline. Um, Barring that, I just think Michigan wins this game because they just want it a whole lot more than Alabama does. All right, and a reminder, both of your Iron Bowl teams, Auburn and Alabama, suit up and play at the exact same time on New Year's Day, high noon, Eastern. Dun-dun-dun-dun, Monday Night Football, Brad Edwards, ESPN. Just before New Year's, you're going to have the Orange Bowl, and that's going to feature the Florida Gators and the Virginia Cavaliers. They get together for the Capital One Orange Bowl on December 30th, starting at 8 o'clock Miami time. What about this one? Yeah, this is a game where um, it – what's the best way to say this? Go ahead. Virginia – let's just say Virginia shouldn't be in this game. Okay. But the way, but the way that the postseason is structured is that uh, certain conferences have to be represented in certain games. And because Clemson, the best team in the ACC, is in the playoff, they need another ACC team to play in the Orange Bowl. And so they have to go all the way down to the very back end of the top 25 and pull out Virginia. And, and you know, in my opinion, Virginia only stayed in the top 25 because they didn't want to put an unranked team in this bowl game. And so I, I think there's a big difference between these teams. Now, that said, Virginia's got to be really excited uh, to be in this game. Florida, I, I mean, you know, they're, they're not leaving the state. They are, uh, they're playing Virginia. So th- this is one where I can see it being more competitive just simply because of, of what, uh, you know, what little motivation Florida really has here, what little they have to gain from beating Virginia. Um, and, and so I, I, I guess that would be my prediction is that, is that this will end up being a close game, even though it shouldn't be. Florida is the better team. Um, but I think that, uh, that motivation is such a big factor in these bowl games, but I think Florida will. Uh, I think Florida will come out ahead just because they're they're a good bit better. But uh, I think Virginia keeps it close. All right, back to New Year's Day's action and the nightcap of the games on New Year's Day features the Georgia Bulldogs back in the Sugar Bowl taking on Baylor. Baylor hasn't been in this game since the 1950s. This is an ESPN broadcast at 8:45 Eastern. What about the dogs and the Bears? Yeah, so let's get back to that motivation thing again. Let's I mean, do it. Georgia was in this game last year, and or, or were they? Think, Are you sure about yeah, that? Or were they? That's <laughs> right. Their their uh, their uniforms were in this game last year. I'm not sure that their minds were, but um, um, I don't think they wanted to go back there. Uh, but at the same time, they were so embarrassed in this game last year that I think that's their motivation is that you just don't want to be embarrassed again. Now, from a talent standpoint, anyone listening who follows recruiting even a little bit knows that Georgia over the last three years, if not four, uh, at least three, has, has been you know one of the top three teams in the nation year after year as far as just high school talent they've 
signed and brought into their program. Baylor is not a top 25 recruiting team. The, the talent disparity in this game is enormous. I mean, you will very rarely see a major bowl game where one team is so much better than the other one, just as far as individual talent. Um, that said, Baylor is very well coached. Um, they have a solid defense and Georgia's offense um, solid would be about the best thing you could say about them. They are certainly not great on that side of the ball. They've been banged up uh, toward the end of the season and uh, they've just not really been able to get much going in their passing game. And so uh, I, un- unless Georgia just comes out really fired up to play, I just, I don't see them scoring a ton of points. I see this being a, a difficult go for Georgia's offense, but it should be even more difficult for Baylor's offense because Georgia has one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, Baylor has not been a very good offensive team for most of the season. So I, I think this is a lower scoring game. I think Georgia wins it on pure talent, um, but it might not be the most exciting football you've ever watched. All right, wrapping up our conversation with ESPN College Football Insider Brad Edwards. We've got two more bowls for you to discuss and who's going to win that national championship. The Fiesta Bowl's got Ohio State and Clemson in that one. Thoughts on that one, sir? Yeah, this is uh, a great matchup. I mean, I don't even mean just for 2019. This this actually has a, a chance to be one of the one of the best matchups that we have seen in a college football game in the last 20 years. Um, These teams, even though they're ranked two and three by the selection committee, uh, by a lot of the the metrics that we have are the two best teams in the nation this year. LSU would be third. And they're not just the two best this year. These are two of the best teams of the last 20 years in college football. And uh, you don't often get those teams going against each other. And um, based on uh, the football power index, which is the, the metric that we use here at ESPN uh, that, that rates all the teams um, one through whatever, one through 130 is what it is this year. Um, these teams are, are both, and I don't want to get over the heads of people here, but these teams are both at least 32 points better than an average FBS team. In the last 16 years, there has been only one other game that was played between two teams that were at least 32 points above average, and that was the the Rose Bowl to end the 2005 season. It was the national championship game between Texas and USC, which some people believe was the greatest college football game ever played. Now, I'm not saying that the game is going to come down to the wire and be back and forth and all the things that that game was. But just strictly from a standpoint of how good the two teams are that are playing, um, that's how good of a game this is. Is that the, these have been two two teams that are not just undefeated, but two dominant undefeated teams. And so it is a it's a great game. I'm leaning toward Ohio State. I think the Buckeyes have been the best team this year. I, there are a couple of, of matchups that I think they have an advantage with against Clemson. Uh, there's some things I think Clemson can do against Ohio State too. Um, but in a in a game that's really difficult to call, I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. And this game on December 28th from the Desert State Farm Stadium where you'll see Clemson and Ohio State in a CFP semifinal. Well, after building that one up, I'm afraid to ask you about the yeah. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl <laughs> with Oklahoma and LSU there. And that one kicks off at 4 o'clock Atlanta time on that same December 28th. 
Yeah, it's a little little disappointing uh, compared to the other one. But um, look, people who watch a lot of SEC football uh, are probably aware that when LSU played Ole Miss in November, that Ole Miss had a ton of rushing yardage from its quarterback in that game. And that's Oklahoma's chance. You know, Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, former Alabama quarterback, uh, uh, he runs a lot. And he runs it really well. And he has more weapons around him offensively than, than Ole Miss does uh, or did uh, on that night. And so I, I think there's a blueprint there where Oklahoma can have some success and score some points. I just don't see how Oklahoma is going to stop LSU's offense. You know, typically a lot of the best passing offenses in college football are in the Big 12. This was not a good year for, for passing in the Big 12, and to the point where I think I can safely say that having played an entire season in the Big 12, Oklahoma has not seen a team that throws the ball close to as well as LSU does. And Oklahoma's defense is it's better than it has been in recent years, but it's still not a great defense, and I just don't think they have any answer for LSU's passing game. So I think it's a high-scoring game. I think LSU scores a lot of points. Oklahoma could score a decent amount of points, but LSU, I think they still win comfortably at the end of it. And uh, looking at LSU, Ohio State would be my predicted national championship game. One versus two. All right. So ESPN college football insider and czar of all things college football, Brad Edwards, the Buckeyes and the Tigers of LSU is who you're saying is going to go to that national championship game. A de facto home game for the Bayou Bengals. This will be at Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Monday, January 13th, kicking off at 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, by the way. What's going to happen in that one if it were to work out that way? You know, uh, New Orleans is obviously a big deal for LSU, but I think the bigger deal in this game is that Ohio State's defense is just a lot better than LSU's. And to me, that would be the difference if these two end up squaring off. And so I I would pick Ohio State uh, just because I think both teams have explosive offenses, um, you know, really good quarterbacks, uh, really good receivers. Um, Both of them have a really good running back. I think Ohio State is a good bit better on the offensive line. But like I said, the biggest thing is how much better the Buckeyes are on defense. Uh, LSU has a lot of talented defensive players individually, but they just have not played as well uh, as a unit this season. And I I think ultimately uh, that's what would uh, be the difference in this game. And I, I think Ohio State ends up winning the national championship. Now, Brad Edwards, you do know you've been here on the Y'all Show. Yeah, so you just alienated 16 (laughs) Southern states by picking the only Yankee school. You picked them to win the Natty. That's just not right. That ain't right. I did, but but I think it is worth pointing out that Ohio State's quarterback is from Georgia. Um, Hmm. So he's a traitor. Is that what you're trying to say? Um, So... Well, he started at Georgia. A, a traitor. But, but he didn't get to play, so he transferred to Ohio State. So, the reverse yeah, they, carpetbagger. They, he took his skills north. 
All right. Well, Justin, we we know he's very good, and we know that Ohio State obviously undefeated, and they've survived the challenges they've had. They're going to be a formidable opponent for Clemson, or if they do end up playing either Oklahoma or LSU in the national championship game. Should be an exciting college football playoff. Brad Edwards, thank you for coming back on the Y'all Show as we close out a 2019 season with you, and we look forward to catching up with you again sometime when it's warm and we're getting ready for a 2020 season. That sounds good, John. Thanks for having me. All right. Brad Edwards, college football insider at Edwards on Twitter, by the way. That will wrap up this 2019 year of the Y'all Show, as on Friday we'll have the Y'all Kickoff Show. That'll be all college football talk. But, man, it's been wonderful to be with you all year long. We've had a great time. We will be back with you that first full week of January. January 6th is that Monday. And we'll be right back here with two hours of great Southern talk. So have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful New Year celebration. And be safe. And we'll be right back here with you for 2020. This is the Y'all Show. Merry Christmas. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50.